Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. Harvest is getting underway as a very tough cotton season in the Texas High Plains draws to a close. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. Texas peanut farmers planted more acreage this year, but production is expected to go down. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up. It's fall in Texas, so we're going to talk a little bit about fall fertilizing trees, turf, and shrubs in Texas. Please join me, John Begno, as we enjoy the fall weather with fertilizer. COVID-19 social distancing practices may help lessen flu symptoms this season. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. But first, we'll get it all started with a look at news headlines. It has been a nightmarish year for Texas High Plains cotton, but it could be ending with some bright spots. James Hunt reports from Amarillo. More than 40% of the region's cotton acres have already failed this season, but Steve Verrett of Plains Cotton Growers says the good news is what crop we do have left has progressed well and I think has some hope to at least deliver what we had hoped for out of those acres and maybe a little bit better. And with harvest only just now getting underway, Verrett says he's hearing some encouraging early results, especially on quality grades. But there's also a bit of irony involved here. Although lack of rain has been devastating to High Plains agriculture this year, for the sake of all that cotton that has yet to be brought in, dry weather is actually what's needed right now. The more cotton that gets defoliated, the more of it that gets open, the more vulnerable it is to the weather. So certainly in the next two to three weeks, the best thing that we can see from a cotton harvest perspective is open weather. Verrett would also like to see cotton prices climb above 70 cents a pound to help more farmers achieve break-evens. In Amarillo, James Hunt for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas wheat production is down this year compared to last year, but it is higher than 2018. The latest USDA estimates released this week show Texas wheat production totaling 61.5 million bushels. That's down from 71.4 million in 2019, but up substantially from the 2018 number of 56 million. The statewide yield averaged 30 bushels an acre, four bushels below last year. Harvested acreage for grain, 2.05 million acres, down 2% from 2019. Texas peanut farmers planted more acreage this year, but peanut production is expected to go down. Jessica Domo reports. 
peanut production in Texas is expected to be lower this year despite an increase in planted acres. According to the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, an estimated 190,000 acres of peanuts were planted in Texas this year. That's up 25,000 acres from 2019. But drought hit many of the state's peanut-producing regions, resulting in lower-than-expected yields. Yields are forecast at an average of 2,900 pounds to the acre, down 200 pounds an acre from 2019. Peanut harvest is underway. It's expected to wrap up toward the end of the month. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Well, you can tell by the weather, fall is finally here in Texas, and this is a great time to fertilize trees and shrubs. Horticulturalist John Begno has more from San Angelo. Well, fall is finally here in Texas. We thought during the summer it'd never get here, but there are a few things we can do now, in early fall especially, that will help trees, turf, and shrubs make it through winter, even if it's a hard winter. First of all, we call it winterizer fertilizer because we want to put it on not to encourage so much growth, but to prepare plants for winter conditions. So a good number all across Texas is something similar to a 21714, 21% nitrogen, 7 phosphorus, and 14% potassium. And that potassium is the key because that really induces or encourages winter hardiness in the cells of plants. All of our soils, or most of our soils, except deep sandy soils, have some potassium, but it's usually not available to plants, readily available. And so putting it down uh, several weeks before it gets so cold that we have a freeze or a frost will definitely help. Avoid fertilizing newly planted trees, shrubs, or if you're planting fall grasses or winter grasses like annual rye, and you want to wait till you've mowed that a time or two before you do fertilize. But we like to, to really do a light application, and what we say, read the label closely, because usually when you find a 21714 winterizer, it's got great information on it. There are substitutes like 1648 and others. Check with your local county extension office, but look forward to fertilizing plants in the fall so they perform great next spring. This is John Bagno reporting from San Angelo. Getting the flu shot may be more important this year than ever. Tom Nicoletti talks with a Waco doctor about getting the shot and getting it early. My guest today is Dr. James Sharp. He is a Waco physician joining us from Waco as we talk about uh, the flu season and getting flu shots and uh, Doctor, uh, certainly uh, people uh, do this every year, those that do get a flu shot. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, that's advantageous for them. Let's talk about uh, the importance of, of getting that shot right now. Yeah, as, as the flu season has started and is going to be building up the um, number of cases over the next few months, now is the time to, to get that flu shot prepare or prevent uh, your own infections, it takes two weeks for the body's immune system to really ramp up from that shot. So you don't want to wait until your neighbors are all coming down with the flu uh, before you get your flu shot if, if you can get to get it now. Now, flu season uh, generally starts in the month of September and runs through March, although the disruptive time where people uh, actually do start getting uh, flu symptoms is from October through March. So that's a long period of time, and it's important to be protected uh, by that flu shot. Certainly with the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 situation ongoing, talk about uh, the benefits of the 
social distancing protocol that people have been practicing uh, when it comes to this year's flu season? The best way to prevent getting the flu is probably getting your flu shot, but your next best thing is extremely effective too, and that is washing your hands, keeping your distance away from people that appear to be sick, not mingling in large crowds. You know, none of us really want to hear it, but one of the ways you avoid getting the flu is don't go home for Christmas or, you know, holidays. Um, but we all do, right? Or at least we have. I don't, I don't know how many of us are going to be doing it this year. But every year we see a big uptick in the number of flu cases and colds following Thanksgiving, following Christmas, New Year's. And then, you know, we typically see our highest numbers in January, early February, and then it starts to kind of taper off so that much smaller numbers in March. But it all has to do with that communicable environment where people are shaking hands, people are uh, riding in elevators close together or, you know, riding in subways, buses, those sorts of things where the air is being breathed, that you're, you're touching people or you're touching things that people have touched. Um, well, the great benefit this year, I'm hoping for, uh, for all of us uh, who really don't care to get the flu, is that with this wearing masks, washing our hands, you know, social distancing to avoid getting COVID uh, or sharing COVID, that we're also avoiding getting and sharing the flu. That is Waco physician Dr. James Sharp talking about the importance of people getting the flu shot now to avoid the symptoms of the flu later in the season. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden wants to move the nation's vehicles away from fossil fuel to electricity. And his party is calling for U.S. agriculture to be the first in the world with net zero emissions. But the American Farm Bureau has a different view. AFBF's Andrew Walmsley says energy-intensive agriculture, which is already using biofuels and other alternative energy, is a long way from seeing the electrification of the farm. Just out of the, the sheer mass of, of what our farm equipment is required to do and the size of it, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's an extension cord long enough to, to run a, you know, a combine on a couple thousand acres, uh, and I question how heavy the, the batteries would be um, to power a machine like that. Combines as big as houses have 200 to 300 gallon tanks devouring a large amount of fuel. Walmsley says a ban on combustion engines would be a huge threat to agriculture. Additional costs put on, you know, ratepayers, which farmers are ratepayers, uh, to put in the infrastructure for charging stations. And then you have the question of increased generation. Where is that going to come from? I, I don't think we're at a point with renewables to, to meet that demand. We're not building new coal facilities. So where is that going to come from? Probably natural gas. And that would probably drive up fertilizer prices and require even more fracking, which is opposed by Biden and his party. And then there's food costs. The long-term impacts would be higher food costs. Uh, and when you think about food costs for a consumer, you know, the farm portion of it's really not the most expensive. It's, it's the processing and transportation costs. Walmsley says some agricultural trucks could go electric, but if those costs go up, so will the cost of food. Can animals help us predict the weather? We'll take a closer look at that coming up in today's Wildlife Report. And fear of vaccinations is keeping some people from vaccinating their pets. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look at the importance of vaccinations coming up next on Texas Ag Today. Today. 
When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. There is a lot of fear out there about vaccinations, and that's keeping some people from vaccinating their pets. But Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look at the importance of vaccinations. Vaccines have been true lifesavers for many animals over the last several decades. However, some folks are concerned about using vaccines due to potential reactions. Although serious reactions can occur with vaccines, they are fortunately fairly rare. Some reactions are immediate and some reactions are found in the form of immune-mediated disease that may be related to certain vaccines. For those that would prefer to test for titers rather than vaccinate, testing of antibodies for some diseases is available. Tests are available for canine distemper, parvo, and adenovirus type 2, as well as feline panleukopenia, also called feline distemper. Rabies titer testing is available and is only used in cases of importation requirements to certain areas, since even a positive titer will not allow a pet to not be vaccinated for rabies. Leptotiter testing is also available, but titer testing does not correlate well with immunity to protect against the disease, so vaccination would still be recommended. Antibodies are produced by the body when exposed to a pathogen, and detection of these antibodies should be protective against the viral disease. The immune system also responds to attacks through memory B and T cells called cellular immunity, but this cannot be measured. Ideally, a challenge study would be performed to make sure the animal is protected, but we don't want to make any animals sick to test this. So it is possible if you have a pet that is due vaccine, titer testing is an option for some of the diseases in lieu of vaccinations. Titer testing is not recommended in immunosuppressed pets, young animals, which are more susceptible to infection, or pets that are commonly exposed to the infectious organisms. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Can animals help us to predict the weather? Gary Crawford explores that question in today's Wildlife Report. I love the winter weather. Well, whether you love it or not, winter is coming. Now, back in the days before modern weather forecasting, many people believed that this time of year, September and October, animals could provide clues about what this winter was going to bring. And it's not unexpected that people would be interested particularly in the winter conditions because that's the time where it's really difficult to survive. Still is for me. But anyway, that's Mary Knapp. She's the state climatologist for Kansas, stationed at Kansas State University. Of course, as little as 100 years ago, there was no weather service, no way to forecast the winter except by looking for clues in nature. And there are plenty of us who still try to do that today. One of the most common measures that people hear about are looking at the woolly bear caterpillars and checking to see whether or not the um, coloration will tell you what the winter will be. Most say that the smaller the brown stripe and the more black that appears on the caterpillar, the more severe the winter is going to be. The question is, is it true? Mary Knapp says, 
Uh-uh, no. Researchers cannot find any correlation there, except that the stripes may indicate how wet it was as the caterpillar was developing. Which is more of an indication of past events than a predictor of future conditions. Aha, but I've been watching some other animals for my forecast. What an agent, what a squirrel, what's his name? Shh, secret squirrel. Yes, the squirrels know what's going to happen. People quickly check and look and say, well, the squirrels are burying lots of nuts, so it must be going to be a severe winter. Again, that's more an indication of past events. The nut crop was very plentiful, and so you see a lot of evidence of them storing them up, not necessarily an indication of how severe the winter will be. Okay, but what about... The horses or cows are growing their winter coats much earlier than usual. Again, an indication of current events, not a predictor of future events. Well, speaking of future events, the National Weather Service will put out its first major winter forecast for the nation in a few days. Agriculture Department meteorologist Brad Rippey's on the line with me now. You say, Brad, they always base their forecasts on scientific methods. Yeah, but do you think the Weather Service might also have some groundhogs and caterpillars, maybe even a uh, squirreled away somewhere and might secretly be consulting with those? Hmm? Maybe the Weather Service should be looking at nature, but to my knowledge, they are solely basing their winter outlooks on dynamical and statistical models. So they say, as for me, I'm going out now and maybe pick up a clue from you-know-who. Secret Squirrel. This is Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington. Shh. Be very quiet. Don't let them know about this. Well, Monday was a great day in the agricultural markets. Cattle market closing higher, the cotton market closing in positive territory, and the wheat market continues to gain ground. We'll take a look at all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. back looking at another lopsided matchup jim today we have a combine taking on a train yeah that heavy train is about a thousand times heavier than the combine no competition there right especially given that it'll take at least a mile to stop that train that's 18 football fields it's no contest every day people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings see tracks think train this message brought to you by operation lifesaver We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Well, the cattle market kicked off the week in positive territory. We started higher Monday morning, stayed higher all day long. We closed with October live cattle up 65 cents, 108.82. The December up 65, 111.75, while February live cattle up 50 cents, closing at 115.22. Feeder cattle higher, October up 15 cents, 140.05. November feeders up 5, 139.92. January feeders up 12 cents at 138.12. 
Now let's step over to the cash markets. Cash fed cattle quiet on Monday. We wrapped up an active week last week. Over 125,000 heads sold in the negotiated cash trade last week, and that's at higher money. Prices were two to three dollars higher, 107 to 108 on live basis. Boxed beef prices mixed. Choice down 141 at 217.47. Selects up a dollar 65, 209.26. Let's check out a feeder cattle auction over the weekend. Brenham's Cattleman Livestock Auction, Brenham, Texas. Selling 1,851 head, the trend was steady to higher. Two to three weight steers brought $1.38 to $2.10 a pound. Three to four weight steers, $1.30 to $1.95. Four to 500 pounders, $1.27 to $1.84 a pound. Five to six weight steers, $1.15 to $1.52. Six to seven weights, $1 to $1.35, with the seven to eight weight steers bringing 90 cents to $1.26 a pound. Slaughter cows, down as low as 17 cents, up to 55. The slaughter bulls, 55 to 82 cents. Stocker cows, 400 to 800 a head. Cow-calf pairs, 800 to $1,500 a pair. Back over to the futures market. Lean hogs closed higher October up 25 cents, 74.75. December hogs up 15 at 62.65. The cotton market came out of the gate strong with fears over tropical storm delta forming heading into the Gulf of Mexico. Should be a hurricane by the time it hits and endangering the Mid-South or Southeast cotton crops. We had triple-digit gains throughout much of the day, but we couldn't hold on to that. We ended up closing higher, but not nearly as high as we traded. December cotton up 21 points, 66.03. March cotton up 29, 66.92. The wheat market extending last week's gains. Dry weather here in the United States as we're trying to get this wheat crop in the ground. Also, dryness in the Ukraine and Russia putting some pressure on their wheat production efforts. That's all fueling gains in the wheat market. December wheat up 14 and three quarters, 524 and a quarter. New crop July wheat up 13 and a half, 544 and a half. December corn was down a quarter penny, closing at 379 and a half. Checking the energy markets, November natural gas up 20 cents, 264. November crude oil up 230. 39.35 a barrel. And in the financial markets, higher across the board, Dow Jones Industrial Average up 468 points, 28.151. The S&P up 59 at 3408. The Nasdaq up 254 at 11,328. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We really appreciate you. Thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to check us out right back here, same time, same place tomorrow. We'll have all the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website, at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.